0: well hello there
1: come on in have a seat enjoy a beverage
0: and welcome to the martini lounge
1: with jonathan and sergey you're back we We are here it is another amazing friday why because we're drinking and talking to dr damon not a real doctor (laughs) yes our own
0: sex therapist no, this is a fun show. I love these shows it's been um a it's been minute. a week because mm-hmm. uh it's been a long week, but we it was holiday weekend for everybody. Hope you all have fun
1: it was uh it we, was we took a day, day of weekend. it we did We took a whole day which we don't know really and do. we made packed it with a weekend and we did stuff yeah, yeah, we went um down to Walla Walla, which uh, if you don't know is in Washington. southern Washington, part near the Oregon yeah. border yeah. absolutely beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a little wine country, a little is. young wine country had no so. idea. Yeah, and it's beautiful, gorgeous. Um and of course <laughs> we love wine. <laughs> so a lot. A what, lot, lot. Like a little bit too much. Right? So if, mm, if, that's maybe, a, if that's a if thing, that's a thing, it's a little bit too much.
0: Right. Yeah. We do we do enjoy
1: it a lot. Yeah. But yeah. so that was a fun time. Um, we
0: did. We met some so such fun people. So Patty fun. Patty at Amavi Amavi, Amavi. Amavi, Yeah. Amavi uh cellars down there. Patty is Patty's beautiful. my favorite person. Ugh. Bryant also was there. Bryant Patty had so much fun with us. We took our picture with her. Because (laughs) when you have fun with us, we like to do that. And we put it on our Instagram. We did. Um, She's a hoot and holler. Uh, If you're down in Walla Walla. Please go to Amave. Amave. You'll Um, like it. And that was so much fun. And she was a blast. Oh, she was so. She has family up here. Yes. Yeah. So we we have already invited her over. Right. Um, Also, (laughs) then we went to. So that one was, what would you, how would you describe? It was
1: like very modern, um, very sleek and minimalist. Sleek. But um, the balcony opens up. It's an outdoor balcony, and the yeah. windows face the balcony, so it opens up to this beautiful view <gasps> of Walla Walla Valley. Absolutely and just, gorgeous. Just the mountains in the background, yeah. the blue mountains. So it's it's amazing, and you should buy a bottle of wine and just enjoy it right there.
0: actually, that's it. a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we congratulated some strangers who had gotten engaged like the night
1: before. Yeah, we had no idea who so, they were.
0: So. No, but we we wanted to be friendly. Yeah. Um, and we kept. They kept asking us if. We had you guys have been here before. Yeah, I know. The moment no. we walk in, they're like, "You're you're back. You've been right." Here, right. right. We're nope. like, nope. no, and we're like, never <laughs> even been to this town ever. Yeah. This is the first time. And then every few, someone else would say, "I recognize you guys. Yeah. You've been here before." No, 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 we have
2: not.
0: And then we started thinking you. maybe we yeah. had, and we had just gotten really <laughs> drunk, and we didn't remember. We it. forgot it. We right? had amnesia. It's true. Walla walla amnesia. Walla walla. Horrible. Horrible. Have another
1: drink.
0: (laughs) 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 No, so that was that one. So what? Listen, when you go on a road trip with Sergey, Sergey is like your own travel agent. I am. And so we did three wineries. We did each very distinctly Mm -hmm. different. So the second one we go to is Balboa. Balboa. I remember it because it it must be Rocky's winery. Right. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking and it was a barn and it has
1: so far farm yes. it has dogs oh.
0: the dogs were tired when we were there they yeah. were just they're well, like we were not interested closer in you were tired to the end of the day we were yeah and but, amy was yes. the owner yes. who was there and uh, just a sweetheart mm-hmm. of a lady mm-hmm. she's going through there was a lot going on that day yeah there was um, but anyway so that was fun we we hung out there and they're mm-hmm. redoing that so
1: we'll come visit
0: once we're going to come back when it's done cuz i'm mm-hmm. really kind of Wanting to check yeah. it out um so it was a lot of fun yeah and they uh we tried like seven or eight of their wines yeah oh yeah they yeah. had a lot of wines to try and one mm-hmm. of them was really
1: cool because um not 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 necessarily my favorite wine but it was spicy like it was <gasps> legitimately the one like with the pepper. pepper yeah it oh, didn't have never pepper in it anything. but it tasted just like pepper. it had
0: to have pepper in it that's just the grape that's just am- oh that that's right grape. she said it yeah. was the grape
2: that it is just a, has a weird pepper... ass grape
1: yeah i right that's the thing about wine is it's all just, that's all right? just different types of grape. And wow. There you it go. Was, it was very so fascinating it was just to like me. Covered. I
0: did enjoy it. I call it a conversational wine.
1: Yeah. Because how do you not talk about that? Yeah. Exactly. Seriously, you
0: have to right. actually try it because you'll know what we're saying. Anyway, so Balboa, a right. lot of fun. Yes. You can go pet a dog.
1: Shit ton of fun. You can drink you can. wine. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. They're great. The last place, Charles Smith. And, yes. Uh, very K-Vintage. modern. Yes. Very, very industrial very, modern. It is. It was. I think it was like an old, some kind of industrial building. Very yeah. brick, very, you know, the the cold steel, yeah. the exposed, you know, wood, that kind yeah. of thing. But it was an amazing feel. And it's in the middle of town. In the middle of town. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's downtown. So it's like a, it's more of a cellar. Yeah, um, so you go. You it was really cool though. Try the wine, and you can hang out on this couch there, the table. It's a it's, it's very a really cool feel. affordable wine. Yes, they, yes, and they have three different options. They have the affordable, the mid range, and then the higher it, and yeah. too. So yeah. they kind of have everything, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, we tried a lot, and we already know
0: I'm a lightweight yeah. when, when it comes, comes to cocktails, mm, absolutely wine, are, whatever. 100%. And so when you, you know, wine tastes twenty one. Yeah, yeah. twenty one you know
1: wines exactly uh, it gets a little mm-hmm. it sort of does yeah it, it, it <laughs> you have a lot of fun
2: though i do i get really I mean, loud
0: you do. i'm i'm wine tasting and, and it's and you good. and i being <laughs> you and i so Just being fun why people are turning not? their heads it's fine <laughs> i no. can clear a room or i can draw a crowd <laughs> and it all depends on where i am uh, but speaking of, the of people who can draw a crowd yes That is, as we said earlier, our favorite guest, our very own sex therapist, because listen, Sergey and I are freaks in the sack, so we have to, you know, we have to have a therapist to talk us through it. (laughs) So we bring him on every month so he can answer your questions and help us all be, you know, have a little more fun and be a lot more healthy. So without further ado, we're going to welcome our very own Damon L. Jacobs to the Martini Lounge. Damon, are you there? Boys, boys, boys! <gasps> That's my favorite song. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. I,
3: I like it when you bring me on. Oh. Yeah, thank <laughs> you for bringing me on. I know. We have
1: we have learned the art of <laughs> yes, bringing we have. David on. Yes, we have. Through we the will years. continue to do so. I know. Always. I know. So,
2: how are yes, you, sir?
3: You're both very good at doing it together, That's <laughs> nice bringing me and so many people on together. know. <laughs> yeah. so. Good work.
0: True, Good true statement. We work, oh, well, we work hard. <laughs> we work hard. How is life, our friend?
3: Life is great. It's actually very exciting here. It's a very exciting time. Um, I'm actually preparing next week to do two seminars with the New York Harm Reduction Coalition. Ooh. And so those in the New York City area can come see me for free um, on June 6th at 2 o'clock. At the Harm Reduction Coalition, which is 22 West 27th Street. It's going to be a seminar about PrEP. And it's a double, on Tuesday, it's about PrEP. On Wednesday, it's about nicotine and harm reduction approaches to nicotine. Because I know, as we all know, there's, we have many people in our community that are you know, really addicted to nicotine. And usually they're told by their doctors just that they, they have to quit. And yeah. for a lot of people, that's not really reasonable or feasible. Right. So we're going to be talking about that uh, next week at the Harm Reduction Coalition. That's
1: not really exciting.
3: After that, that's exciting. Wow. I wish
1: I okay, wish we New were York. there. Okay, New York. You here? Go see Damon L. Jacobs. I actually have some people I want to go uh,
0: send emails to now. Yeah, are some friends we have in New York. That would be amazing. Oh yeah, they absolutely
3: should. Oh, oh please send it over. I'll send you the link. Post on the site or or send the link. But yeah, yeah, it's going to be it. Harm Reduction Coalition, just in general, it's a national organization, and it ties into so much of what we talk about here, which is just finding ways for people to express themselves fully, but Mm -hmm. to find ways to reduce harm in doing that. So whether that's sexual harm or financial harm or economic harm, everything we talk about on the show is about ways to find pleasure and minimize. Consequence. It's it's maximizing the feeling, the sensation, minimizing the risk. See, I need that's so much of the work I do.
0: Right? Yeah. Well, and it's so much of the work that's needed. I think uh, just because of what we do here on this show, we get asked questions. All the time, and my answer typically is, "Listen, Damon's going to be on the show. Tell me what you want to know. <laughs> yeah. Ask the question. We'll will ask get program. you some answers. Because <laughs> what I'm going to tell you, probably you probably shouldn't listen to. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh, that's that's true, John. We're going to have a professional <laughs> talk to you. Don't don't take advice from us. <laughs> no, no.
0: Well, Damon, this is our favorite show. We already know this because we get to like hear from listeners. Uh, real questions, real things that are going on in their lives, and, and hopefully give them some you know, something that they can latch on to and, and be better with. So we hope you love this as well.
3: I love this. I love speaking with you boys, and I know we're going to find a way to do this in person before the end of the year. I <gasps> We know we're
1: are. It. Absolutely.
0: We
3: are gonna do it. It's gonna happen. Still don't know how, but it is gonna happen. Oh, I
0: already we already have some things in the works. Somebody actually approached me here in our town and I was like, Oh yeah.
2: So let's Let's do do this. So don't
0: don't you worry, it's coming. It's coming. So let's get right down to business. You ready for it? Let's
3: do it. Okay. I'm ready. Here we go. Bring it to me. Right.
0: Here we go. Dear Damon. I came out later in life and I'm enjoying exploring casual sex but hookups are strange to me. I do find it exciting to meet a guy off an app and have sex. But what safety precautions would you suggest when I do this kind of thing?
3: Um, okay, so that's actually a, a pretty important question. Um, because, you know, that's so common now, right? It's mm-hmm. for people to meet and hook up and bond on apps. Yeah. And so, okay, so there's a few basics. So I, I'm. Safety precautions. There's a few things we want to do. Let's think about just the very basics of that, first of all. Now I now I'm gonna say I'm gonna sound like a grandpa here, but in a lot of ways, if you're gonna hook up with someone, it is safer to do it on the internet or through an app where there's sort of a paper trail than it well, was in the old days when we go to the bars or the park right? and go home with someone and never you know, you meet Jeffrey Dahmer and never be heard of again until they
2: you Um
3: <laughs> So there's some very basic safety precautions. If you're going to meet up with somebody and you have the option, you can do it in a public place. Right. Or if you're going to go to their home or they're going to come to your home, make sure you write things down. If you're going to go to their home, you write down the address that you're going to, so you leave a paper trail. Um, I think it's always a good idea to take a screenshot of the profile of the person whom you're planning to meet for the first time. Hmm. And that somebody in your life, somebody you know, somebody you trust, has your login information and your password information. Just God forbid something happens to you. It is so rare, it is so uncommon, but in that one in a million case where right. you kind of have met the wrong person, um, that somebody is able to get to your account and find the paper trail you left behind. Right. Just in case this were to happen.
0: That's a good thing. Now,
3: in terms of safety. Right? But, does that make sense? Yes, yes. completely. Yeah. Now, in terms of sexual safety, this is where we want to talk about things like PrEP. That's job, yeah. Pre-exposure prophylaxis, Woo-hoo. a daily pill that prevents HIV. I've talked with you many times, I've been on it now for nearly six years. Absolutely. We've talked about it this a lot. It is an FDA-approved, and in this country, the only FDA-approved way to prevent HIV, because condoms have never been approved by the FDA to prevent HIV, because we don't have any valid science or anything that shows that they do. So PrEP is the only HIV prevention strategy that is approved by the FDA and paid for by insurance. And that is a huge safety precaution if you're concerned about HIV. Also, let's just say you're not on PrEP and don't have access to PrEP. If you have a sexual partner who is HIV positive and undetectable, meaning they have a suppressed viral load for six months or longer, what are the odds of that person being able to transmit HIV?
1: Not very high. Not high at all.
3: They're, they are now believed to be zero right, based right. on the research and the science that has been duplicated many times. Mm-hmm. Somebody who is HIV positive and undetectable for six months or longer is untransmittable. Yeah. Yeah. and people can go to preventionaccesscampaign.org to learn more about that but yes. these are ways to all think about like we were saying earlier harm reduction a continuum of minimizing the risk while getting the pleasure and the experience and the sensation and the connection mm-hmm. that you seek to to meet right right
0: yeah exactly
3: that you yeah what else what we talking, what else i missing or what else do you think
0: this person could be talking no I think I think that's very important. so I do that thing uh that you're talking about if, if you're talking about personal safety I do that where I write down and like I'll put it on the fridge you know just all the details in case someone needs it or I'll you know lucky sergey or i'll tell him it's <laughs> going down and uh, a- another good reason for sergey to have my passwords is if something does happen god forbid uh, you can erase everything before my mom comes <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know
3: that too exactly that too. Oh boy. but
0: i think that's very important because it's so easy to it's so easy to hook up and it's so fun and all of that but it is important that someone knows just mm-hmm. in case and i'm super paranoid
1: yeah. so well and I think some some people I mean we obviously know the health safety portion of it and and you know I guess disease aversion and and, and things like that but um, the personal side of things aren't necessarily discussed as much I don't
2: think mm-hmm. no I and not anymore an not
1: anymore and that's a and that's an important piece of it
0: yeah that we forget yeah. that part we just think we're all out to have fun and, and hopefully 99.9 percent of us Absolutely. are. But what about that point one? Exactly. You know, exactly. if that were to happen. I also want to say something that struck me as interesting, you know, and maybe it's because, you know, since we've been talking to you, uh, you know, over a year, Damon, about prep. And, you know, and we did a lot of research when we started those shows. I still say when someone says, like, if you say to them, you're on prep, and they still say they don't know what that is, I am in shock. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's been a while now. And I'm like, and I know... People are out there talking about it, and especially as a gay man, a sexually active gay man, it's shocking to me that you wouldn't, that wouldn't be something you had heard of yet. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. is still shocking. I feel like I don't know how we up the, you know, turn the volume up on it, but wow, apparently we need to, because who knew that there was even anyone that didn't know what the hell that is.
1: It's, and it's so... Well...
3: Yeah, I mean, it's been nearly five years that yeah. the FDA approved it. And you're right. A lot of people don't know about it. Part of that is because a lot of doctors don't know about it. Yeah. And some doctors do know about it, but won't talk about it with their patients because they're homophobic. Exactly. And really uncomfortable talking about sex in the first place.
2: Mm-hmm. So that's
3: why this show and the message that we're putting out in the various forums are so important. Because most people on PrEP right now heard about it from a friend. They didn't hear about it from their doctor or from a mentor. They heard about it from a friend or someone in social media on Facebook.
0: Exactly. Well, and that's just crazy. Uh, I actually, I had someone actually say to me that, um, oh, well, I would never go on that. It's dangerous. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I've been on it for two years. There's no, so there's even still mis, you know preconceived notions that are not based on any facts at all. They said, oh, yeah, I heard people's kidneys were shutting down. And people, I'm like, where?
1: Where did you hear that? Where's the evidence, yeah.
0: Yeah, I get my kidneys tested every three months. Right. It right. is right. fine, and I've been on this a while. So it's still – it's interesting about the misinformation even. It was just shocking to me, and it was just recently why it's – that's why it's at the, like, the top of my, my mind. But I am just – I feel like, yeah, I want to, you know, push Damon everywhere now, just <laughs> – because you're not busy enough, so.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. And, it's, you know, again, a lot of times people just don't know. Like, sometimes right. they, they're, they're open to hearing the facts, but they've just they've been given the wrong information. Yeah, um, yeah. But let's just talk about kidneys very briefly. Vodid can affect the kidneys occasionally. It, it, it can. Has, it has been known to impact the kidneys in people who are living with HIV. It is very, very, very rare that that would ever happen with someone who uses it for prevention, someone who's HIV negative Mm -hmm. who would take it for prevention. And in most cases that I've seen, it's happened with people in their 60s or 70s who already have another medical condition that may be interfering with their kidneys. But in all the research and all the science, and they've studied this now and it's been studied for over 10 years, um, there has yet to be one case of someone who has taken Trivata for PrEP and had their kidneys, quote, shut down, or had your, your, uh, irreversible kidney damage. It hasn't happened. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm right. just saying it has never happened.
0: Well, and the way I say it, and the way my doctor way back explained it to me, because I'm on, you, you know, I'm an older guy, I got some issues. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> on meds, and it's basically the same risk I take right. with my other meds. Right. You know, because you still risk, anytime you put uh, a medication in your body, it has to be filtered through Somehow, so there is a risk
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: involved, and so I felt like the risk just—it wasn't like some astronomical. It's—it's it's a risk I had already chosen to take with other things that kept me healthy. So right. therefore, and, I was going to continue. And you might as
1: well, you know, right. take those drugs to reduce the risk of HIV exactly. if you are going to be sexually active. Exactly. I mean, there, there you go. Listen, people. Right. Yeah.
0: It, people look into it if you don't know about exactly. It.
3: Hence the theme from 10 minutes ago about harm reduction and harm why reduction. I the Harm Reduction Coalition and all their work they're doing nationally here in New York City is to point out those differences that you're mentioning. Yeah. Press is not harm elimination, it's harm reduction. Exactly. But let's talk about the risk, you know, what happens when you drive a car? What happens when right. you cross the street right. in New York City? What happens when you do anything in life? Everything we do contains some aspect of risk. Going out to a restaurant puts you at risk of being food poisoned, and about 3,000 Americans die from food poisoning every yeah. year. So I think this thing called life is fraught with risk. It and is. And we just want to navigate that and measure that with the statistics and the empirical science that gives us the best spots
0: exactly
3: pretty high on that
0: scale yes yeah absolutely Absolutely. i i don't anymore i feel like i it's just part of the toolbox that i just could Mm -hmm. not not do
1: and you recommend it to everyone you know exactly go ahead exactly so why don't we get to our second question here um this listener is writing in and they are saying i work in an office place that isn't necessarily sex positive they're all open to talking about it and making jokes but all of them are in very monogamous Uh, relationships, and seem to be judgy of other options. What's a good way to talk about my non-monogamous sexual life when they ask about it, and how do I educate them?
3: Ooh, That's a good one. This is a good one, but I I mean, I I would say to this person, how is it your responsibility to entertain or educate anybody? I mean, if you watch it, if that is something you want to take on, then that is a choice, but I'd be very weary of doing this in a workplace, especially if your professional or financial identity is tied to this job, and if you really are dealing with people every day who are claiming to be, quote, very monogamous, and I'm being, you know, that is quite a claim, right? because um, usually, if, if, and here's the key to what, why I'm saying that, if you're truly monogamous, you don't judge others. Right. But if you're uncomfortable with monogamy or feeling resentful or angry or, or not good about monogamy, or if mm-hmm. you claim to be monogamous and you're having sex with a lot of other people, you're the one who's judging others.
2: Right. The people right.
3: that are truly authentically monogamous don't have any judgment about other people's choices. So that's, you know, I want to parse that out a little Right.
2: Bit. Yeah. Um,
3: but I'd say to this person, okay, if this is important to you, and it is safe for you to do this. If it is financially, professionally, and physically safe for you to do this, then there's ways to just easily integrate that into the conversation. Uh, You could say, you could use the word partner if you have more than one partner. You could consciously use the word partners when you're describing what you're doing over the weekend or over the summer or over the holidays. My partners and I are going to go to Seattle this weekend. Um, or I spent last weekend with Joe, next weekend uh, David and I are going to Portland or something like that. And just, you know, you don't have to do a dissertation about it, just be the change you want to see. If, That's true. If, if you talk about this in a way that feels shameful or embarrassing or secretive or even provocative, then you're going to be conveying that energy to people like, ooh, ooh, this is taboo, oh my God. Right. Right. If you just present it in a very natural way, like this is who I am, and I enjoy the company and the intimacy of this person and that person and that person and their person, then it's really not a big deal. And you sort of invite, again, it's it's your choice, but then I think you invite people to say, oh, tell me more about that, or did I hear you right? Did you just say partners as in plural?
0: I'm really curious. What does that mean? Right.
2: That kind of thing. It means I smile a lot. I'm a happy
0: person. Exactly. Well, you know, it's It's the same way I feel about when a, a parent will come to me and say, what do I tell my child when they bring up that they met a gay person or whatever? I said, your child is going to reflect the way you deal with it. So if you treat it like it's an everyday thing and not a big deal, they're not going to think anything of mm-hmm. it. It's all in the way you present it. So if you leave an opening that this is like, oh, freak out, or there's an option of that, then most likely that option, you know, is likely to be taken. But that's my thoughts.
3: Absolutely. That's the way you communicate something has yeah. so much to do with how it's you the message is received. Yeah, and to some extent, you don't have control over what other people think, but to some
2: no. extent, you
0: do. Yeah, exactly. Right. And if you, if it doesn't affect you one way or the other, uh, what their opinion of it is, and you are good with you, kind of like you talking about people who are secure in monogamy mm-hmm. aren't going to be mm-hmm. as judgy. It's because if you've got your shit together, right, you're, then you don't care what their shit is. You know what I mean? You don't need them to approve you. Exactly. And It's their just own, your I mean? yeah. your fact, your that's life, your you truth. Want. Yeah. That's yeah. how
1: you you decided yeah. to do that. Yeah. You know? yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you guys know that one of the things I do in Manhattan in my private practice is that I do have a specialty of working with polyamorous and open straight couples.
1: Right. Oh, yeah.
3: And because to me, it's just very matter of fact. It's just a fact of life that mm-hmm. for most couples, gay or straight, there will be sex and emotional communication and contact with people outside the primary relationship. Right. And it's just not a big deal to me. And when I talk about that with the couples, or when I talk about that at you know fair, at networking functions, I just present it in a very matter-of-fact way, because to me it just is matter-of-fact. Right. It's not like, oh, look what I get to do. Oh, this is so scintillating. <laughs> because if I present it like that, mm. it's going to be communicating mm. that. Yes. And that's really not the message I want to be putting out in the world. That this is unusual or weird, but it's such a natural part of so many long term relationships. Let's normalize that and universalize that starting with the way we talk about it. Absolutely.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, and it starts with a place of security in right. yourself. Right, right.
1: You know? And make it make it not a big deal. Don't make it a, a big yeah. novelty thing. It's, hey, listen, we, we are and what's funny to me is a lot of couples have that, you know, oh, this is the one dream person you can oh, yeah, sleep with list. if you meet them and it's always yeah. a celebrity. So, I mean, there's a level of that everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And anybody we date needs to be
0: very careful because chances are we could meet that celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> if that's a rule that they have they might oh, yeah. want to think about it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes! Right? Especially because my list is really long. Is it? I'm just saying. Good, go for just, it. Get <laughs> started. It's just basically, it's basically everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how my list works. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I know that about
0: just
3: you. you my list of everyone- I was gonna say my list of who I wouldn't is probably much shorter. See, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> there <you> exactly. Go. <laughs> and Coulter, she's yeah. at the top. Not gonna oh, touch God. her. <laughs>
0: just saying. Just saying. Yeah. Okay, so on to the next question. Uh, recently, I was invited to a threesome. This is something I'm very interested in exploring, but for me, it's a little scary going to meet two completely strange men for this kind of fun. I feel as if one hookup is manageable, but two at once is a bit intimidating. What can I do to help ease that fear?
3: Well, first of all, what a beautiful experience. And and I'm glad that this person is considering it, considering it with an open mind and and sounds like a pretty open spirit. You know, I think there's no way around the fact that three are potentially very awkward. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not always awkward, but there's always the potential for awkwardness. Mm-hmm. And part of what makes it awkward sometimes is if the couple is in a weird place or an uncomfortable yes. place within themselves, within their relationship. So if they're using a, a, an outside person to try to work through their issues, or to work through their resentments or competitive nature with one another, then the threesome is probably not going to be a whole lot of fun the whole time. But the question being, well, how do I avoid this? How do I minimize this? Right. I say to this person, um, you know, since this appears this is not a spontaneous situation, that you're thinking about this, get to know them a little bit. Um, Talk with them. Ask them out for a drink or, or, you know, see it out or just, communicate. Use your words. Ask them to use their words. And use your gut intuition to say, okay, do I feel comfortable enough with these people because I'm probably not going to be totally comfortable, but do I feel safe enough to to give this a try and just see what happens? If your instinct screams out to you, this is bad news, these guys are in a bad place, and I really don't want to share my body and my spirit with these people, then you you don't have to go through with it. Right. But if you do meet them and you do communicate, and it seems like hey, they seem pretty cool, and this seems like this is a good match, then why not go through with it? Worst thing that could happen is, turns out you're wrong, and it doesn't feel right, and then you always have the right to say no, or I'm sorry, I gotta right. you know end this, and that's okay.
0: Ex- but, yeah. Very you know,
3: true. If you do go through with it. There's also the potential it could be a wonderful experience. It could be really pleasant for all of you, and then you have a much better foundation for understanding how to navigate this and gauge
2: this in it. Yeah. That's
0: so true.
1: Absolutely. Well, and getting that comfort piece in there, I mean, um, that's going to help you with that easing of fear. But you're right. You could have an awful time and you can have a good time, but that's with any sexual experience. That's, that's anywhere. with any experience. Because, that's with any experience. Yeah. Exactly. You could, you could, it could be a home run or all of a sudden, you know, this is not what you want. Yeah. You're like, that was weird. Yeah. That, that was weird. weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it like didn't tra- work for me. Exactly. It's like <laughs> trying a new food at a restaurant. You could either really love it or
2: eh, right. Eh, yeah, I'm not coming okay. back for seconds.
1: So. But I'm all about uh, the communication
0: part. Yeah. Um, I was approached by two guys in Seattle Mm -hmm. and very lovely men. But what they were... But in talking, you know, it sounded all hot and everybody's excited. uh, But in talking, I discovered that that what they were looking for was a third partner. And I felt like if I wasn't upfront and honest and say, I am down to have fun, Mm -hmm. and that sounds amazing. But if you're looking because you really want to interview me for, you know, a third, that's really not what I'm looking for right now. And so for them you know they didn't want to waste the time because they were trying to find someone serious and they just happened to like me Um, so it was important to me that we communicate where you know kind of discover right what we were all wanting out of this experience you know and that helps me make my decisions
3: Well, that's, you're right. I mean, because then you're right. We have to think about like the square three stuff. Like, what does that even mean?
2: Right. Does it
3: mean something where it's a the couple is the primary, and you're the you're the you're the special guest star, right. which can be fun. Which or is. Or are they totally trying to make great. you a, a regular series member? You know, and they want you to actually be part of a trouble? <laughs> right. You know, exactly. know And if there's miscommunication there, it can be a little confusing and awkward.
0: Yeah. Exactly, and I absolutely love that you you. Put that in our celebrity-based <laughs> language, because that was awesome. <laughs> and it also made me go, like, no wonder I love it when I get to be the special guest star. Because it's all about me. What? Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But it's true. You have to communicate and know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you do. And, I mean, honestly, all it takes is being willing to have a conversation that lasts more than, hey, do you want to fuck? Exactly. You know what I mean? Because you discover a lot uh, within sentences and yeah. conversations and words, and I think that will help all around if this is an experience you're thinking you want to, you know, try out. There.
3: And, and to just to give them a heads up, again, like I said earlier, there will be times that it's going to be awkward, and some of the yeah. awkwardness is going to be about that there are moments just by virtue of the practicality of the set, that yeah. even though the three of you might be together, there might be only two of you engaging in something. There's only so many ways that three people can do things. That's and sometimes there right. yes. will yeah. only be two of you. Yeah, exactly. But just because everyone's aware of that and respectful of that and, right. and thinks just about not exactly, everybody gets exactly the same amount of time and attention. But try to think about this as a balance, as overall saying, okay, we want to make sure we're inclusive, we're not leaving anybody out here, but, you know, there's also times that few people are going to get in a groove, and that groove might feel really good, and you might not want to stop, and that's okay. right. right, Right.
0: Exactly. And listen, sex is always a little bit awkward. Just always. <laughs> I mean, sex is just, that's just how always. it is. So, I mean, so make peace with that first. Right. And then be open to oh, what what
1: comes. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. And yeah. Open to what comes. That's <laughs> the best way to put that, I think.
0: You're welcome. You're, I, sh- I really hope my mom listens to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan did what? Yeah. Mom, it's okay. Shh. Just touch.
2: She, she does. I, do, I, do,
3: I do want to say as well that I think when it's a good fit and when there's chemistry and it's a good fit, I think Risa and I can speak from my own experience, uh, are sometimes some of the most rewarding and enjoyable friendships. Um, for me, especially in my 20s sometimes, just knowing older couples and enjoying their friendship and enjoying their sexual company too um, are some of the best you know, times and friendships in, in my life. And I've always been grateful to couples who have been generous with their bodies and with their time and have shared that in a really uh, supportive, kind, loving way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, I'm not saying it works out that way. When it does, it's a really wonderful opportunity for everybody involved. So I'm all about, you know, when in doubt, just go for it. Try it out. Worst thing that could happen is it's definitely it's not a good fit. Okay, right. And right. You've learned what you know. Then you've learned what might be a better fit in the future. Exactly.
0: exactly.
1: And keep that open mind. I love that. Agree I love that. completely. Okay, let's, uh, let's move on to our last question here. And this listener is writing, okay. um, I have been single for the better part of a decade now. I went back to living on my own during those years and have recently moved in with a close friend. Um, something has changed. I find myself anxious a lot. I worry he doesn't come home, uh, and that's not, not any of my business. I don't like this clingy person. I'm beginning to wonder if I shut the world out for too long, and now I have something waiting for me that I can't figure it out. Any ideas at all?
3: Huh. Yeah, this is a good time for the good kind of relationship with here because there's a lot of this that's kind of ambivalent. Um, I'm not sure, like, why he says he finds himself anxious a lot, and I'm not sure, like, what is the part. It's the anxious part that the person could be physically in jeopardy. Is the anxious part that this other person could be emotionally connecting with people outside this roommate friendship thing. But in either scenario, I think what's key here is how he's sharing and he's aware. I'm I'm sorry, I'm assuming it's a he. That may not be correct. But but that this person notes that they have been single for the better part of a decade. And now that has changed because they're living with a close friend. So there is an intimacy there. There is a connection there. And it's been a while since that person has lived in a safe space in an intimate, connected uh, relationship. And, you know, sometimes friendships are a little bit even harder than primary relationships because these boundaries can get a little fuzzy sometimes. You maybe aren't having sex with each other, but there's clearly can be an intense connection and Mm -hmm. support. And, and love that carries the relationship through, and then when somebody actually finds her going out a lot or is having a lot of sex with other people, it can sometimes feel a little weird.
2: Mm-hmm. So
3: my encouragement to this person is just to say, you know, this I think you have an opportunity here to really look within yourself and see what is really going on for you. Uh, there, you seem to he seems to or they seem to indicate that there's something going on but they don't quite understand um, that their energy needs to be focused more now on this person in a way that's bringing them anxiety. And I just wonder if some of that energy that's being outwardly directed would be better invested if it's inwardly invested. Asking yourself, what's going on? Or are you projecting your anxiety about yourself onto your roommate? Mm-hmm. And the only way to know that is just to genuinely ask yourself, when I'm saying I'm anxious about him being out or about something happening to him, am I really kind of projecting my own internal anxiety onto him?
1: Right. Well, and I think that's a yeah, that's something that happens with friendships in general and any relationship, is that we we like to project but roommate I mean, a roommate is someone you see all the time, and you share that safe living space with, so that can, you know, that can really get get kind of messy when you project a lot of that. But I really applaud this person for even, you know, coming out with this and 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 kind of being open about it. Because um, in the past, I mean, I've had roommates. I'm young. I've had roommates for uh, ever since I, I moved out, and it can get sticky. Some people are just not good roommates and don't communicate, and it gets weird, and then it's not a safe place anymore so this is I think this is a good good thing to figure out yeah and I think I think one of the so we already
0: know I say it every time I'm a I'm a word person so I think he mentions two things he mentions uh you know being out of the out of people you know he blocked people out for an amount of time and then he says he moves in with a close friend uh and I think Damon you mentioned that or someone either you or Sarah mentioned safe place that it sounds like that's where it's you know I blocked everything out for this period of time. Now I'm with a close friend I feel safe with. And I think it's coming out of that shell. You know what I mean? Just learning to be comfortable again with people, you know, and what do you do when you've put all your safety in one, in one person? Um, You know, I don't know what it is, but maybe that's, you put all your eggs in one basket and you're terrified that basket's going to be, you know, taken. So where's your safety come from if that happens? Um, it sounds complicated, is what it sounds like. Yeah. It sounds... It does, and I think yeah.
3: what threw me off was, was that I don't automatically assume that just because someone is single that they're shutting out the world. Oh, it no. It sounds like for this person, that was the case, and that's how like am it. Right. And so I'd just be a little more curious to know what that means for him, um, to shut out the world. Is he afraid that if the roommate is running around—I don't know why the roommate's not coming home, but, you know, if he's running around being a slut, totally he's depressed and letting everybody know where he's going or leaving a paper trail, and having a good time, that the person who wrote this question is going to be left behind and maybe shut out the world again. Oh, yeah. And so I'd like to ask him what that really means to him, how he can— not shut out the world, regardless of whether he's in a relationship or not, or regardless of whether the roommate comes home at night or not. How would he like to experience his relationship to his community, uh, or connect to the world, or how he needs to engage in a self-care process that allows him to be at peace, no matter who comes home at night or who doesn't.
0: Right, exactly. How does he feel solid within himself? Yep. Yeah.
3: Listen, yeah. life is
0: not easy. I, <laughs> I have these conversations every morning. I send out at my day job. I send out emails. And in those emails, it's all the information you need to know. And then I'm going to send you an inspirational quote for your day. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to send you just fun oh. things. And I will get coworkers who will write back and say, you mentioned this, whatever it is today. And I want you to know that's one of the hardest things I deal with. And, and recently, I've talked a lot about vulnerability and feeling safe and that seems to be mm-hmm. that seems to touch people in such a place that it's it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. to talk but it is it has been this very interesting conversation and i think is a universal human issue
1: being vulnerable yeah, yeah that
0: we yeah. are afraid to let others in and i've right. noticed it seems like a lot of the older people that work at my office seem to feel it's like they've as you get older the easier it is to kind of put the shell on yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and yeah so i always just try to encourage them that it's it is scary and it is hard and it's not always fun mm-hmm. but it's worth it mm-hmm. in the end a reward you I get love. way more out of life if you if you find a way to be vulnerable with someone and to find your safety mm-hmm. i don't know there you go <laughs> yeah oprah will be with well, us I, I think that's beautiful jonathan <laughs> I think that's thank
2: you a
3: beautiful statement and i think Politically and culturally, we're struggling with that as a nation, oh, yes. the U.S. right mm-hmm. now, hugely. Because you know, everyone is unsure about what that, what it means to be safe right now. I yeah. think on all sides of the political fence, yes. nobody quite knows what's really happening, and nobody right. quite knows yeah. how to or if one can feel safe relying upon the traditional external forces that we are used to rely on in the U.S.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. yeah.
3: And that's where I come in with my very spiritual stuff. It's just like we all could benefit from seeking a place within ourselves, a practice, a ritual, a meditation, or spiritual connection that allows us to access that safe place that's not necessarily contingent on what other people are thinking or feeling or doing or mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this is easy, and I'm not saying I've got it figured out. <laughs> I'm just saying that philosophers therapists and and religious folks have been talking about these ideas for first as long as Western civilization has existed This idea of staying, you know, calm within the storm of finding safety even within the chaos Mm, And I think if we can do that Mm -hmm. or we have a process that's going through that it makes all of these Relationships and hookups and roommate situations so much easier. Maybe not easy, but easier. Right.
0: Yes. Right, and I think we're all on that path. I think so. With relationships, so. you know yes. what I mean. Especially if you want to have them and you yeah. want them to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, these are normal, you know, everyday questions that mm-hmm. that you are not, you know, you are not alone. And don't think that you're the freak in the room. We are all on the same journey and it's, to it's find a, it's these. It's a rel- progress. It's
1: progress, yeah. and it, it's constant. You know upkeep here you know you have to fix something here it's never going to be one day everything is perfect and right, we're all good right. and we fixed everything there's to fix we can just live on i mean it's it's always going to be a little bit of um something going on thanks which is for good. bursting my bubble you're just welcome <laughs> you mean i'm not going to wake <laughs> up
0: tomorrow and i'm like i'm completely <laughs> healthy and self-actualized <laughs> yay you will be no more <laughs> i always say life uh as long as you're always learning you're fine. Yeah. Like, when yeah. I stop yeah. learning, I'm dead. Yeah. You know, you just got
3: to always grow. Always.
0: always grow. Always learn. Exactly. Always, I always try to be better than I was yesterday. That's the goal. Amen, brother. Right.
3: Amen. Me too. Amen. Amen. Take that's exactly what I'm
0: about. Yes, yep. exactly. Hey, we just took people to church. You're welcome <laughs> on You're a well- Friday too. A, and wow, a, a very sexy church. <laughs> it's a sexy church. Sexy <laughs> chapel. <laughs> that's what we're gonna give. We're gonna name Damon Show sexy every time. Chapel. Welcome to the sexy chapel, <laughs> Reverend Damon. <laughs> Reverend Damon <laughs> yeah. is coming into the oh, room. Like
1: Go ahead and get on your knees,
0: everybody.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. That's it. We are gonna
2: Calm come down up. Down. With it. Careful.
0: that's right <laughs> <laughs> hey listen we're gonna get a theme song together oh yeah. Oh yeah. we got it we have a whole new theme for damon shows that's it we got this <laughs> we figured it out <laughs> because what i love about these shows is we have real talk about real, real talk. things mm-hmm. and we we laugh and we try to inspire and educate at the same time about something we don't typically talk about in this society and i love that that is like
1: oh uh, that's life
0: mm-hmm. yeah can't do it without damon indeed right. yeah
1: all right, Dan. Love that. well, thanks for calling in again to the Sexy Chapel. Now that we've yes, officially decided,
0: Damon L. Jacobs, yeah. Sexy Chapel, our minister. <laughs> oh, okay, I like oh, that. so next time you do You'll a yeah, next time you do a speak uh, a speaking event, Sergei, you know, I will come out and just do your intro for you. Okay, got yeah. it. We'll be dressed as nuns. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah.
3: <laughs> we'll say that's to Harm Reduction Coalition next week. Welcome okay. to Sexy Church. Yes, send, yes I, I, exactly.
0: Welcome yes. to Sexy Church. Send Sexy us Church. those links. Yes. I want to get people uh, that we know over there, this would be worth going to. Yes. So, definitely.
3: Yes. So, if anyone in Manhattan, again, this is going to be 2 o'clock on Tuesday, 2 o'clock on Wednesday. That's June 6th and June 7th. 20, uh, wait, 22 West 27th Street, Harm Reduction Coalition, New York City. And Tuesday is all about prep and harm reduction and Wednesday is all about nicotine sensation and harm reduction. So it'll be fun, I promise. It'll be educational and fun. I will keep you entertained.
0: Oh no doubt. Oh if you have guaranteed. Heard, guaranteed. If guaranteed. you heard him at all on this show yeah. ever <laughs> in the last two years, this is truth. Well, thank you, kind sir, uh, for spending time with... with, uh, We don't call ourselves the boys anymore, so I don't know who we are. I'm having an identity crisis. I don't
3: know. (laughs) Hey, Hey. thank you for coming to
0: the lounge. There you go. The
3: (laughs) The boys. How about the bitches? Oh, that is the best. That is the best. Yes, bitches.
0: Bitches with a (laughs) Z. Yes. (laughs) Okay, there. There. Bitches. We're in. <laughs> well, thank you all for right. educating us all, and we will have you on very soon. Thank you, sir. Love it, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great night.
3: You too. Bye.
0: And again, that was Sex and Relationship Therapist out of Manhattan, Damon L. Jacobs. He is the author of two amazing books The Best Books, Rational Relating, and Absolutely Shouldless. And you can find them wherever fine books are sold. You can even order them on Amazon.com. We highly recommend them because not Mm -hmm. only is he our friend, but we've actually read his book. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're not just
1: blowing smoke up your ass. I think it's time for me to whip mine out and uh, (laughs) go through another read of it because I I have not read that in about a year now. So I I I think I need a refreshing course. I
0: agree. I agree. Go through those pillars. That's important. Important. So until next time, remember, you can go to some great wineries that we told you about. Uh, Yeah. Or just, I don't care where you are, just go to a winery. It's too much fun. Do some wine tasting buy some good wine Thanks. if you're down in walla walla washington there are some great places to go see go say hi to our friend patty go say right. hi to our friend amy um and go support local wine love it yeah if you're in manhattan we will put those links up go yes, see damon will. because i'm i Harm feel reduction. like it's when like madonna goes on tour like okay you got to take that chance to yeah. see yeah. her live it's yeah. damon
1: it's You've, the same. If he you're is there Madonna. and you have the opportunity,
2: so, right? There you he go. He will
1: take you to church. He will take you to sexy church. Sexy church. I love it. Welcome love to the sexy chapel. It it's sexy the
2: best,
0: chap. best ever. That's but right. remember, you can find anything you want about the boys at jonathanandsergey.com,
1: as well as on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under jonathanandsergey. Mm. So please follow us. Until next time. Bye, bitch. Bye.
0: The Martini Lounge is made possible by...
1: Insert your name here. And also... We're looking for ads.
0: And don't forget...
1: You can display your business right here.
0: The Martini Lounge can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Jonathan and
1: Sergey. And also our website, jonathanandsergei.com.
0: Until next time, all you cool cats...